Hello. Hello, party people. <laughs> um, and welcome to Killer Crime and Sister Time. I'm Liberty. And I'm Sydney. And we're the sisters. Of the killing of the killer time. There's <laughs> the sister time. <laughs> Whatever. It's fine. It's fine. I just want to put out also a public apology. <laughs> I promise. I'm usually not this hard to work with. But uh, you know, Monday it was 115 here in fucking Washington. It was really hot in Washington. <laughs> and I was like, I love Sydney to death and I love this podcast, but there's no way that my chunky ass all the cats in here now. I was telling Sydney before we started recording that the cat was screaming downstairs and it scared me. <laughs> but I'm saying that there's not no our way. dead cat, her boyfriend's cat. Yeah, I'm at my boyfriend's house. It's his, it's his cat. <laughs> Cries like it screams. And I'm like, and I already know this house is haunted. Oh yeah, his house is hella haunted. They had like ghost investigators here and shit at one point. And well, so being yeah, and being home alone here with the screaming cat is terrifying. <laughs> anyway, I digress. So <laughs> it was Monday and it was 115 degrees and Sydney's like, okay, let's record. And I was like, there's no goddamn way. Like I have to get my fat ass in some water. <laughs> so <laughs> I just can't I, be here right now. <laughs> yeah. So I turned Lake Merwin into a chunky dunk and I got in and we went <laughs> and we got, we went paddle boarding and it was really fun actually. I love paddleboarding. Last time I went, though, my husband tried pushing me off of the paddleboard because he's really tall, so his center of gravity isn't great. Um, and so he kept falling off, and I'm short and chonky, so I great center of gravity. And so um, he kept falling off his paddleboard, and I was just living my best life. And so to get back at me for being better at it than he was, um, he started chasing me. And he never actually, like... Like he started chasing me and I got scared, but I'm like laughing so hard that like I can't paddle <laughs> because then I'll fall off. And so I'm like trying to quickly paddle away and it's just not working and I'm crying. I'm laughing so hard. And then he fi- eventually catches up to me because I can't breathe because I'm laughing. <laughs> and he shoves me off the paddleboard. Jesus. Yeah, I kept knocking into John because I wasn't standing on mine because there's no fucking way. So I was like kneeling because if you have your legs in the water and you paddle, you go really slow. So I was kneeling and I'm paddling and I'm just knocking into John because it was just really funny. It was like bumper cars, but on the water. (laughs) Yeah, it was pretty awesome. But and then yesterday I we went to record. Right. And then I was like, oh, shoot, because I where was I? Oh, I'd stay the night at John's cabin the night before. And I was like, oh, well, I left my laptop at John's house. So, right. Yeah. I literally like, I was in the zoom room. I sent her the link and she's like, so I don't have my laptop. And I was, I, yeah. And I, like, usually I would just record off my phone. Like that's fine. But I also then left my notes right. as well at John's. So this is why this is happening today blame it all on me but at the same time I am still a child so we just kind of hold me a little slack here. <laughs> can't say that for much longer but yeah she is technically still a child, I am a child. I am so, <laughs> yeah but yeah um I would like to um I have a really good one this week like this is really interesting it's just super fucking terrible right but it's super interesting Wait, and I really want to say how you're doing other than it being 115 in Washington um 
good actually I got my room assignment for college yeah yeah I'm actually living in the dorm Sydney lived in her freshman year so it's funny hell yeah twinsies twinsies I can't Um, remember which room I'm in or I was in or else we could figure out if we're really twinsies but yeah for real but yeah I'm excited I think it's what is the number like correspond to what floor it's on Mm -hmm. so my I'm on the second floor I think I was on the second floor but I can't remember if I was on second or third Right. Well, that's not too bad. I also, I'm a little glad I'm in an all-girls dorm because, you know, as you know, we don't trust men. So we don't trust men, and also men are gross. I lived in dorms. I was an RA for like three years, and I lived in dorms with all girls and with guys. And the ones with dudes in them, like their floors would smell so fucking bad. Like disgusting. Yeah, and they're loud and obnoxious, and they're just not nice buildings to be in, if I'm going to be completely honest with you. But, yeah, no, so I'm excited. Um, But, yeah. Uh, I'm excited for you. I know. I cried when I got my room assignment, though. Why? Well, because I was in the car with John, and it all just, like, felt super real. And then I was like, oh, my God, like, we're going to do long distance for, like, three years, four years. So. (laughs) Then I, um, that's like when I cried when I was in the car with dad when I got my first acceptance into my first law school yeah he was like why but, are you crying and I was like I don't know is it a happy cry or was it a sad cry yeah, I mean it should have been a sad cry given what I know now about law school right. um having you know, done that. totally uh but it was a happy cry yeah yeah I happy cried when I got my scholarship but I sad cried when I got my room assignment that was was not happy cry I'm still not excited but it's whatever but John and I go to Mexico in like two weeks yeah that's exciting it is exciting that'll be fun I know I'm just ignoring it someone just hopefully it's not a ghost I know for real that would like really suck it would really suck I, I think it's John Oh, that's good. Um, How are you doing? How's the baby? um, My dog is ginormous and it makes me tremendously sad because he's only 16 weeks old and I feel like he is massive. Oh, yeah. He's not done growing. He's no, I know. I want him to be a baby still, though. I know. He's such a good boy. A funny fact, though, um, for the past couple days, I realized Will and I have been overfeeding him. <laughs> <laughs> this bitch is getting, no wonder he's growing so much. You're feeding him like, <laughs> I didn't realize it. So, like, um, we went to the vet uh, last Friday and he got his like last round of booster shots or whatever. And um, I didn't realize it's we've only it's only been a couple days, but right. the vet was like, hey, he's like 40 pounds now. Like I was like, OK, cool. And on his like food chart, once they hit 40 pounds, you like up their food a little. Well, right. it, it went up like we're supposed to be feeding him two cups in the morning, two cups a night, four cups total, you know. Right. But I read the one beneath it on accident like the 60 pound weight instead of the 40 pound weight and um it said six so I was like okay start feeding zag three cups each meal no (laughs) and so I just texted Will I was like we were about to have a really fat fucking dog for real like I tasted those it was only a couple days but I was like oh my god zag's like fuck man (laughs) yeah 
<laughs> he loves it. He if he could be fat, he would. Sucks. Um, but yeah, I'm just bar prepping away, hanging out with my pupper. Mm, I feel that. I had my grad party on Saturday. How was that? I know I got a call from drunk aunts and uncles. Oh my god. Yeah. Well, I was well, mom started giving me alcohol at like 10 30 in the morning. <clears throat> so by the time people got there, I was pretty fucked up. And <laughs> actually, no, that didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> we're still good um but yeah and then yeah it was good it was just hot as fuck like it was so yeah. hot and it was like 110 and it was terrible but I got a really cool speaker from John and his family and John's mom made me a really cool blanket um it's like one of the hand knit ones like the big chunky oh those are cute yeah she made me one um it's pink and I got about 765 dollars and that's not counting no 800 and something dollars and that's not counting how much I was Venmoed nice that's just Haley and I both Venmoed you right yeah Haley you Uncle Sean and Lamina yeah so in total I probably got about a thousand dollars but the Venmo one that went a little fat that went through a little fast (laughs) I'm on my big on a little um (laughs) but yeah so all of that went into my savings so that's a whole trip to Texas to go see John that's awesome so I have about three thousand in my saving right now that's exciting I know oh go ahead no I was just saying I'm still working so like I can put more away Right. Mom and I um, booked my trip to come see you for that uh, football weekend. I know. I'm so excited. You need to tell me how to get tickets because I got my sports pass. So that was $215. So I'm my ticket's good. Right. Um, so just buy student tickets. So okay. they're just like general admission, like student passes. Yeah. Um, we can talk through it later and we can like, sh- I'll share like my screen with you or something. I okay. walk you through it. Okay, cool. Yeah, because they just opened up the stadium to full capacity. I know. Yeah, we should actually buy tickets soon because of that. Like really soon. Yeah, like really soon. Like, like right, do it after right. this. Yeah. Like right now. Yeah, we'll do it after we record this episode. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, also some, I also have some tea after this, so remind me. Like just for me? Yeah, like just for you. Sorry, oh. podcasters, but yeah. <laughs> Love y'all, but not that one. Love y'all, but you know, <laughs> some things just gotta happen behind the scenes. <laughs> okay. Um, this week we did Arkansas crimes. Just for shits and gigs. Shits and gigs. Um, and I've heard like who's gonna go first? Because mine's fucked up too. So I feel like either way, we just I... got a really shitty episode. Right. I want to go first because this I'm like, uh, see, I feel bad because I'm not like excited to talk about this brutal family's murder. But like at the same time, it's good. It's not good, but it's it's interesting. It's interesting. Yes. And I was like, oh, my God, like I hit murder jackpot when I found this one. I'm so sorry, but it's so good. Okay. right. So mine is the Elliott family from Arkansas. I don't think this, I've heard this one. This one's not yours. Okay, good. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, it's Arkansas. Like there can't be much that fucking. <laughs> okay, so, not much happens out here in the Midwest. Um, so I, yeah, for real. So it's the Elliott family from Dalton, Arkansas. So I need to find the article real fast because 
my notes. I can't, I don't know what this word is. <laughs> so, okay, Randolph. Okay. Sorry, Randolph. I just dropped my phone on the floor. Hold on. Oh my God. Your audio sounds a lot better today. I like, I think it's better because you're closer. I'm closer. Yeah. Sometimes you put it on the table. Yeah. Okay. So the Randolph County Sheriff's deputy received a call around one in the morning on July 30th of 1998. Also keep in mind, there's a thunderstorm going on on this day. Okay. So there, so the neighbors call and they're reporting a holler. So this is the quote. There was a hollering going on. The caller said, and the hollering was coming from the home of Carl and Lisa Elliott in Dalton, Arkansas. So, The sheriff showed up. He showed up to the house to do a welfare check on the family, but the storm kept him outside and he couldn't go in. He didn't see any lights on. He didn't see any hollering. He didn't like nothing was happening. So he left and he didn't go inside. He didn't knock on the door because the storm was really bad and he didn't see anything suspicious. So he didn't like feel the need to like, you know, but someone called you. Right. But he, they, he thought maybe like a tree fell or it was just a storm or something, but the storm kept him outside. And the article says that he didn't see anything. Like there was no lights on, there was no crazy activity. So he just went home. Right. So the next morning, I read a couple articles that I read. It, the family member connection to the Elliott family was super confusing. So I just wrote it down that it was a family member because the multiple articles said different connections to Carl and Lisa. So I just got confused. Okay. So the next morning, a family member who also lived on the property tried to open her front door, but something heavy was blocking it. They look outside and Lisa's body, the mom, the wife is blocking the door. So this is a family of four. So Carl, Lisa, and their two kids. So Lisa's dead body is blocking the door. And no one like heard anything? No. uh, Well, she couldn't. I'll get to this later, but she couldn't talk. She couldn't scream. Oh, Okay. So there's a bloody handprint on the door and because Lisa tried, she tried to get someone's attention, which is really fucking terrible. Oh, yeah. So the medical examiner determined Lisa was hit with a blunt object 27 times and died after having a tire iron plunged into her throat that cut her carotid artery from the inside, which is why she couldn't scream or say anything. Oh my god. Talk about fucking overkill. And they yeah. This is this is hatred. Like that's pure fucking hatred to kill someone. Oh, it gets oh, it just gets worse. It just gets worse. We haven't even gotten to the kids. Gregory, a seven-year-old boy, was found. He was found with uh like marks that he was like held down. And the pointed end of a tire iron plunged into his throat and a single blow that crushed his skull. I'm like gagging just thinking about it. Seven. Seven years old. Poor baby. Fucking terrible. I know. Fucking terrible. So Carl, the husband, was found two days later in a river and he was shot in the back of the head. Like execution style. Okay, so this is like tells me that they didn't give a shit about him but they Mm -hmm. really wanted to make sure that the kids and the wife like were tortured that's actually yeah bring that back up later because that is gonna make a little that makes that makes a lot more connections in my mind when I once we go through this okay Okay. (laughs) so like he was like he I now that you say that it's almost like they made him watch yeah like maybe they kept him alive to then take him out later once the rest of the family was dead. Okay. Once he watched them get tortured to death. 
Yes. So Felicia, the daughter, um, she was a little girl, seven or eight, I think. I don't remember. I didn't think I didn't write it down. Uh, she was missing for two years. Yeah. Two so, years. Yeah. So her body, her body, she was only kept alive for two days, but she wasn't found until two years later. Oh God. So her body was found in a dry Creek bed. Um, she, this was a story in Arkansas. It was kind of like the girl in the barrel because she was kept in a barrel and it's like, yeah, like it was notorious for like that. Right. So this is where we're going to get into the suspects. This is, we a hundred percent know they did it. Like there was no other suspects. It was literally just these guys. Right. So police later found out that Charles, Chad, Wayne Green, and his father, Billy Dale Green, wrapped her in a blanket and kidnapped her. Chad was a known pedophile in the area and kept her, yeah, and kept her in a barrel for two days, even when it was a hundred degrees out. Like the two days after the murder, it was like a hundred and hundred and five out. So she was in that barrel for two days. Alive in the barrel. Mm -hmm. After Chad repeatedly raped her, Billy for a couple days, um, Billy, the dad, told his son the fun had to end and took her to a creek. They believe he also raped her and then murdered her. And then they never, the police and no one ever found her for two years. So she was just in this dry creek bed for two years, basically. Okay. Like one person being a fucked up, horrible monster is like one thing, but then like. father son duo. Yeah. Like how does, I don't, I mean, I guess it's probably the dad's fault, but what? Yeah, so in 2003, five years after the murder, the duo were finally arrested in connection with the killing, and they were both convicted in 2004. This is where it gets a little interesting. So Billy, the dad, got charged with the death penalty, and Chad got 40 years after he agreed to testify against his dad. So the dad, death, Chad, 40 years. Um, So Chad violated the deal in 2006 when billy's sentence got overturned because of improper testimony and then the dad got or was it chad i think then since he fucked up his deal chad then got sentenced to four life sentences in prison so they were able to overturn it and be like no fuck you you're in prison for the rest of your fucking life okay and then yeah um so Yeah, they both ended up having life in prison and the dad got out of the death penalty Yeah, because of the improper testimony. So I believe the the article I read, they're both still in prison. They both just have life sentences. So they're both still alive. Yikes. Here's what everyone thinks happened. So they were meth dealers and they grew weed on their property in Arkansas. So there's a couple of theories that... So the dad was people knew that he was buying meth from them and so they think that they owed him either the dad owed him money so the dad's family yeah the carl the dad carl okay oh yeah that makes sense why they did that then okay yes so that when you brought up the fact that oh they wanted him to watch yeah there's um of a family friend i think testified that the mom asked so the lisa the mom asked the family friend for ten thousand dollars to repay these men back because because carl had like owed them that much money and then i also read a thing that there was a rumor that carl stole a bunch of weed plants from them 
but I just genuinely think that over $10,000 a tire iron to a seven-year-old's throat is over fucking kill well yeah but also I mean okay not that this is like justifying what they did but I feel like if it's a were taking the meth that they might not have been like Uh, they were high as fuck when they killed them yeah that they like weren't sane because they were like high or something you know not saying they were and they definitely deserved a rotten prison but exactly but yeah so there was a bunch of things going around that the dad was a drug addict he owed him a fuck ton of money okay and that's when they got killed yikes yeah so i you know the more i think about it's a little more fucked up see i was excited to talk about it but it was it was it was like oh my gosh like this is fucking insane like so fucked up and I don't know like maybe be a smarter drug dealer stop giving fucking drugs to someone who's not paying you back economics I don't know yeah, exactly I don't, yeah like maybe That's instead of giving your whole family stop giving him drugs exactly and banking on him to pay you back yeah because clearly he's not doing that exactly like really this is on them and they shouldn't have killed people for it. I mean you should never kill anybody but they shouldn't have killed people for this exactly so when yeah. you're the bad businessman it's not anyone else's fault okay yeah pretty fucking gross so yeah the little girl was missing for two years and they finally found her in a creek bed and they believe she was only alive for two to three days after the murder after her family was murdered and just she was just there for sex oh, poor baby. there was no other reason right gross yeah so carl was a known or chad chad sorry was a known pedophile right yeah one second i we're gonna pause on this can you please mac and cheese (laughs) (laughs) oh my goodness okay two and a half so you look at the butter thing you know no listen already makes her mac and cheese order And we're back. Okay. <laughs> okay. And we should, oh my God, we should learn how to do that thing that Em and Christine do where they do elevator music when they want to pause. <laughs> I don't know how to edit things if I'm going to be completely <laughs> I don't know either. Like, I appreciate the patience you guys have with us because we don't know how to edit. We just, we literally record it and then we just post it. <laughs> we, just, we just come out here. We just raw dog this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> We were raw dogging this podcast. This is live footage. We've never double taken an episode because we just do it. Yeah, we just go for it. <laughs> Maybe that's why we're not and famous. I'm so yet. sorry for that. I know. Maybe that's why we aren't famous yet. Well, maybe, you know what, if someone else wants to do the editing for me, they can fucking do that, but... <laughs> okay it's not something we have yet okay <laughs> yeah, I'm ready to go now okay so mine is the West Memphis three. Ooh, I had heard of the West Memphis three before but I didn't know it was Arkansas um because when you hear West Memphis you think Tennessee right yeah, yeah you don't think Arkansas um but apparently this town in Arkansas is called West Memphis like it's not okay. West Memphis in Tennessee anyway okay <laughs> so, <laughs> a little background um the three men 
who as teenagers were convicted of murdering three boys in West Memphis, Arkansas in 1993 were Damian Eccles, who was 18 at the time, Jason Baldwin, who was 16 at the time, and Jesse Miskelly Jr., who was 17 at the time. Sure, these are the victims or the murderers? These are the murderers. Oh, shit, they're kids. Okay. Yeah, they're kids who murdered kids. Okay. So, um... At the time of the trial, the prosecution asserted that the juveniles killed the children as part of a satanic ritual. Um, Yeah, the victims were Stevie Branch, um, who was eight years old and was the son of Stephen Pam Branch. The couple uh, divorced and Pam had custody of Stevie. Um, Pam later married Terry Hobbs. Another victim is Christopher Byers, who was the son of Melissa Defer and Ricky Murray. The couple divorced and Melissa married John Byers, who adopted her two sons. Um, John had a long criminal history, including death threats against his first wife, drug and theft charges. And at the time of the boys' murders, he was under federal investigation. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And then finally, Michael Moore was the third victim. He was the son of Todd and Dana Moore. They were the only couple who was still married and the only ones who never had any serious criminal charges. Um, So kind of back to the suspects. Um, Baldwin and Miss Kelly had prior juvenile records for vandalism and shoplifting. Uh, Miss Kelly was known to have a hot temper and he regularly engaged in fist fights. Um, yeah. Eccles and Miss Kelly had dropped out of high school, but Baldwin was still in school and he actually had above average grades and like pretty impressive artistic abilities. So if this had not occurred, he probably, you know, could have done some pretty interesting things in life. Oh, I forgot to add that the my killers never said their motive. Never, ever. They never said, told anyone why. Oh, gross. Yeah. So slide that in there. Anyway, so Eccles and Baldwin <laughs> um, were close friends and they only kind of knew Miss Kelly. So it's kind of interesting how the police got to the conclusion that they all did this together. But okay. we'll kind of get to the issues with the investigation and stuff a little later. Um, there had been a rumor that Eccles and his early girlfriend planned to have a child and sacrifice it, which resulted in Eccles being institutionalized, um, and kind of how we got, you know, the whole satanic ritual, um, thing going. Right. Okay. So on May 5th, 1993, Three eight-year-old boys, the ones I just previously said, Stevie Branch, Michael Moore, and Christopher Byers, were all reported missing. Byers' adopted father, John Byers, first reported the boys missing around 7 p.m. that same night. The boys were last seen together by a neighbor who claimed that they had been called by Terry Hobbs, Steve Branch's stepdad. Um, And the neighbor said that this happened around 6 p.m. Hobbs denied this claim, saying he didn't see the boys at all on May 5th, which is a little weird because that's one of his stepson. So how did you not see him at all on May 5th? But whatever. Um, 
that same night, police, friends, and family attempted searching, but due to like how dark it was getting, um, it was difficult to see and they were unsuccessful. The search did do like a cursory search of the location where the bodies were ultimately discovered though. Um, But they didn't find anything. So it's possible that the boys hadn't been brought there yet. Um, The next morning though, at 8 a.m., the Crittenden County search and rescue personnel canvassed all of West Memphis. The crew was also assisted by like family, friends, police, all that jazz. Just a whole big search crew. Yeah, exactly. Um, The crew focused on Robin Hood Hills, which was where the boys were last seen. Despite a human chain being formed, the crew was unable to find any sign of the boys. So then the crew broke for lunch, um, but the police and others continued to search. Um, And that was around 1 p.m. when the crew broke for lunch and everyone else continued um unfortunately around 1 45 p.m a juvenile parole officer steve jones saw a boy's shoe floating in a creek a search of the ditch led to locating all three of the boys' bodies they were all naked and hogtied with their shoelaces which is just like fucking heartbreaking that these poor babies were treated like this i don't know it's just so gross and awful um their closing their clothing was tossed in the creek and was mostly inside out um two pairs of underwear were never actually found so only one pair of underwear and the rest of their clothing were found but there's three boys so um christopher byers had evidence of post like post-mortem injuries to his body Uh, It was, like, mutilation near his uh, genitals, and the defense said that this was post-mortem animal predation, um, but the prosecution claimed that it was, like, a human attack on his genitals. Right. Um, The original autopsies weren't able to conclusively establish a time of death, and this is kind of, like, where things seemed to get like a little weird um kind of starts with like the autopsies and the searches that i'll talk about a little later Uh, so anyway like i said the original autopsies weren't able to conclusively establish a time of death but they were able to conclude that buyers died of blood loss while more and branch were drowned jesus yeah a later review by a medical examiner, though, determined that the boys had been killed between 1 a.m. and 5 a.m. on May 6th of 1993. So the night they went missing, they were murdered. Right. Um, the actual crime, location, and method of murder were hotly debated, obviously, because that always kind of happens. Exactly. Um, as for the investigation, early on, the police considered two teens, and this is another thing, too, they kind of go through, like, a huge laundry list of suspects, which is a little weird, but, um, so early on, the police considered two teens, Chris Morgan and Brian Holland, as suspects. Um, the teens had drug histories, and they abruptly departed for California just four days after the bodies were discovered. Um, they were arrested in California on May 17th, 1993. Morgan claimed that after his drug and alcohol use, he was prone to blackouts and memory loss um, and could have murdered the boys, but he didn't know. 
he quickly recounted recanted this though and was like oh no and I, I, I didn't do that like I didn't know you that would didn't... know I feel like you would know that's not something you do in a blackout right and also to dump them later because they searched that area that same night and then they were dumped later that night so like exactly. so there's no there's no fucking way right um so yeah that was a little weird and then the two weren't really investigated after that and Morgan's recanted statement was barred from admission during the trial so like um the three boys who ended up getting convicted their defense wanted to bring in that you know recanted statement but the um, judge did not allow it it's probably for the better yeah um I don't know. It's just kind of weird. Exactly. Uh, but and then there was a third unidentified subject who they just kind of named him Mr. Bojangles. Um, this was a black man um, who had been sighted around 8.42 p.m. on the night of the murders by Bojangles restaurant employees. They claimed that the man was covered in blood and dazed. Um and he had gone to like the bathroom and defecated himself. Like it was just really weird. Um, and the like employees called the police, um, but the man had already left the scene by the police arrive by the time the police arrived, and they never actually investigated anything or investigated the bathroom that he had gone into after he had defecated himself. I feel like it's like something you really. Sh- what yeah right like just this random man is covered in blood and dazed and confused and nobody investigates it and he shits himself and he shits himself in the middle of a restaurant (laughs) like why the fuck is no one investigating whatever i don't know i don't know it's really weird and then later like after the boys are found later they investigate the bathroom when the manager of the restaurant like calls and he's like hey you know those boys you found like I think this might be connected and it's like right after the boys are found so the cops are still like in the gear that they trounced around the whole fucking search site in and they come in and they don't clean themselves up and they just get evidence all over the bathroom so like we don't know if the evidence they collected is like actually accurate or not right they brought blood and mud and stuff with them into this bathroom Jesus Christ yeah so it's just like hot mess express Um, so essentially nothing actually ever came of the mr bojangles as a suspect okay um and then obviously there's huge criticism of the investigation as police are like missing a lot of evidence they're not following up on things they didn't test like dna they've trampled through evidence and there's like when they found the bodies, they didn't contact the coroner for two hours. So the bodies were just sitting out for two hours before the coroner actually was contacted. So like weirdest delay of contacting the coroner, which people thought was really weird. Right. Why would you not? I guess. But in the alternative, they were a really small department and were likely tremendously overwhelmed with the murder of three children. So, I don't know. It's kind of hard. Like, right. Yeah, they really yeah. mishandled this, but they didn't really know how to handle it. So, exactly. I don't know. Um, 
So as for Eccles, um, after the boys were found, police interviewed him about two days later. Um, He took a polygraph and denied involvement, but the polygraph indicated that there was deception when he was asked this question. Mm -hmm. Um, Four days after the killing, Eccles was interviewed again, and when asked what he thought happened to the boys, he gave a pretty detailed description. Um, It hadn't yet been released to the public what had happened to the boys, um, but Eccles was able to, like, he was like, oh, well, maybe one of them was, you know, like pretty beat up. And then the other two were just kind of drowned. Um, <laughs> so it was like kind of sus. Oh, um, but then there was also like people saying that, oh, like the police fed this information to him. I don't know. It was just like really screwy. It's yeah and then when this interview was discussed at trial Eccles claimed that it was actually inaccurate so he was like well that's not really actually what I said <laughs> so yeah it's just kind of weird uh um, well, record those interviews wouldn't what he said just be on a recording okay well hold on because I'm about to get to that oh my god so for Miss Kelly at least he was interviewed on June 3rd without his parents present and it lasted about 12 hours that's fucked up of this yeah and he's a child he's 17 of this 12 hours that he is being interviewed only about 45 minutes of it was recorded um what the fuck yeah which is really fucking sus because why didn't you record the entire interview process exactly also i hate to be the bearer of bad news but we might have to make this story a little speedy just because I just got the low battery thing from my laptop. Okay, I'm going. Okay. So sorry. <laughs> um, so then during this like 12 hours of in, like interrogation, Miss mm-hmm. Kelly confesses and quickly recants, claiming it came from intimidation, coercion, fatigue, and threats, which I totally believe because they didn't record most of it and he's a child who's been in, in an interview for 12 hours with police like that's exhausting I remember like that Central Park 5 yeah exactly um, so shortly after the confession police arrested Eccles and Baldwin because Miss um, Kelly had like mentioned them in his 12 hour interview right um, on February 17th, 1994, Miss Kelly ma- uh, made another statement with his lawyer present, claiming Damien and Jason abused and murdered the boys, saying he watched until he decided to leave. Miss um, mm. Kelly was tried separately, and Eccles and Baldwin were tried together in 1994. They all pled innocent. On February 5th, 1994, Miss Kelly was convicted of one count of first-degree murder and two counts of second-degree murder, um, and he was sentenced to 40-plus years. Mm-hmm. On March 19th, 1994, Eccles and Baldwin were found guilty on all three counts of murder. Eccles was sentenced to death, and Baldwin was sentenced to life. In May of 1994, they all appealed, but the convictions were upheld. Um, in 2007, Eccles petitioned for a retrial based on new DNA tests, but his appeal has been, been has been blocked by the judge. Um, and then 
throughout this whole experience, like weird shit has come up. Like Steve Byers, like, so there was a bite mark on one of the boys. And when they discovered this um, bite mark, Steve Byers, one of the stepdads, or yeah, he's a stepdad, Mm -hmm. pulled out like some of his teeth like no explanation and then like every time someone asks him he like says it was something different wait like one like he said oh I got in a bar fight and they got punched out and like and then another time he said like oh I fell down and they fell out like the dad so the stepdad yeah yeah, one the guy who adopted one of the boys Christopher Byers yeah okay Mm -hmm. and it's just like weird shit like why would you pull out your teeth or well, he says they got punched out or whatever. Why would that suddenly happen after they found bite marks on one of the boys? Like just really weird shit came up like that. And then like new DNA testing and physical evidence came to light and the um, court has refused to look at it on appeal. Um, Witnesses have recanted. Um, So there was a woman who they had used as a witness during the trial. She's completely recanted her entire story. Uh, legal not to look at new evidence like i feel like isn't that the whole fucking point of the justice system yeah i don't i don't know i don't know really what basis they're using to not look at it um and then there was also foreman and jury misconduct so apparently the jury had spoken to an attorney before the trial began it's hella illegal yeah you're definitely not allowed to do that (laughs) it's just like and like none of this is being you know considered and so the boys are or they're men now but they're all still currently locked up with their appeals being denied um even the family is kind of weird about it too they're like we don't really feel like a lot of the family was saying that they didn't really know if the west memphis three were actually guilty of the murders right so yeah what did the did the boys have alibis at all um I didn't see that so I used Wikipedia and Murderpedia as my sources and I didn't really see anything about alibis um I guarantee it was all just either we were with each other we were with alone and that's what they went off of right weird yeah really weird and it felt like a lot of it was still missing a lot of information even today and this happened in 1993 Right. I don't know how they get, I don't know how they got a conviction out of that. That like barely scraped by. Right. There's, there was literally no evidence. And there was so much like missteps by the police. It was just weird. Yeah. That's so stupid. Yeah. So yeah, that's my also messed up story of the West Memphis. We just chose fucked up ones this week. Yeah, I know. (laughs) Sorry guys. have fun with that have fun with the information we just told you because that one was a doozy yeah yeah i already kind of have a cool theme for our next episode i mean the next one's listener stories but the one after that i have a cool theme i'll tell sydney it later that's gonna be exciting uh but yeah guys send us your listener stories for next episode yeah, send it to our DM at killercrimeandsistertime at gmail.com or you can uh, send it to our email at killercrimeandsistertime at gmail.com. I said that twice, just so you know. <laughs> I did. 
I thought I said DM it to us at Instagram. You can't say DM it, but then you said killer crime and sister time at Gmail. <laughs> oh, <fuck>. DM <laughs> us at killer crime and sister time and then do it to the email. That's what, yeah. Or to the email. Or you can, yeah, just one or the other. I don't really care. Do whatever you want. Just get it to us somehow if you want to send yeah. it. You can also follow us on our personal Instagrams. It's literally, we're both like, mine's at Liberty Firth. Since is at Cindy Michaels. It's super easy. It is super easy. And Michael yeah. spelled Mitchells in case anyone's curious. Well, Michaels was M I C H E A L S. No, my last name is M I C H E L S. M I C H E L. Oh, that's gay. <laughs> anyway, um, so yeah. And thanks for listening, guys. Mm-hmm. Thanks I'm having a good time doing this, so I appreciate that you guys like listening. Yeah, you know, it's just like it's fun. Like, there's nothing crazy serious going on with it, and it's just it's 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 fun to be able to talk to Sid and do these stories and hear your guys' stories and get feedback and stuff. So, you know, exactly. if you have any stories, suggestions, things you just want to tell us, you know, we're yeah, open. If you have a theme suggestion too, feel free. yeah, because we love we fuck with that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. all right, thanks, guys. Bye, my laptop's about to die. Okay, we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.